Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about Independence Day 2022, A Wise Veteran Speaks Truth, Marxists Hate America, the Stephen Miller tweets, election rigging is rolling along, and truth about climate, gas prices, and starving people. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. First of all, I hope you had a wonderful, lovely July 4th weekend, Independence Day weekend. Uh, I really hope you got a chance to enjoy family, fireworks, barbecues, and all the things that people like to do. Also hope you had a chance to do a little, spend a little time, a little thinking um, about the meaning of America. And I say that because I, the show, as you know, if you listen, is dedicated to preserving America. It's the entire point. If the point is preserving America, the unique, the extraordinary, the great, and it is dedicated to trying to expose and explain all the threats against America's existence and moving forward as a country rooted in freedom, rooted in the rights that are spelled out in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, rooted in the notion that man has the right to live in freedom, man meaning all men and women. And so I, I wanted to um, start today with, and many, many of you may have seen this, but there was a clip going around over the weekend. It went viral, viral, viral. Um, and it was a gentleman who happened to, uh, he had his 100th birthday, celebrate his 100th birthday. And in that, in uh, doing so, he made a, a, a tape, he made a video. And um, he's talking about how he sees things in America today. So uh, you might grab your Kleenex before we play this, but I want to urge you, this is my very friend uh, Joe is here today helping out. A clip two of this veteran. Let's play that, please. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. That's not what I was. That's not what they died for. I just... It's just, just not it. I'm so sorry. I'll be all right. Just takes me time to get over it. I just, I, I, why, why me? See, sitting here like this, see, all this going on. It just, Emily, it's just, just not. It's just not the same. I want to play that because I want to talk about why would this 100-year-old veteran who just, his birthday I think was June 29th, and he made that recording which really went viral over this Independence Day weekend, and he talks about America as not being the, the country that 
people over literally decades and centuries fought and died for. That's not that country anymore, that things are changing. And, you know, of course, things always change. And I will tell you that I think among younger people, and maybe myself when I was in my 20s or 30s, I might have listened to uh, that kind of speech and that kind of rem those remarks and just think, well, you know, he's a little bit confused and he's pretty senior and he's just longing, he's reminiscing for the good old days and he just doesn't realize life moves on, you know, that life has to have progress, things can't stay the same. So you might be a little bit, you know, dismissive of him and think, well, it's probably not that serious what he's uh, concerned about. But actually, and what I want to wrap up the first five um, by saying is this, Independence Day weekend, July 4th weekend, was intended to be, since the very beginning of America, a celebration not just of a happenstance in history that it turned out that our founders signed off on the Declaration of Independence and that it was July 4th is the date we celebrate, and not just because that's our country and other countries have their founding documents and founding history and, and founding heroes, because of course they do, and countries have various people uh, who shape those countries. But what this holiday means, what July 4th means. It is actually uh, in, the, in the patriotic calendar of America and maybe in the entire calendar of the year in America, the most, or one of the very most important holidays. The reason that the founders were so um, dedicated to making that uh, document, to writing that document, was to try to say to the world, there's a better way for mankind to live on this earth. There's a better way than to have rulers, unelected, monarchy with control over your lives, and that there really is a not just a uh, an ideology that maybe might be better than having monarchs, um, but it's a deeper thought that the founders had, which was we can create a country where we actually agree and believe in the idea of the individual's right to live in freedom. That was the founding, unique, extraordinary, exceptional idea, one of them, that founded America. The idea that they actually believed in the individual's right to live in freedom, and that they thought that was not just a, a really you know, interesting idea in the world and the competition of ideas, but actually a God-given idea, a God-given right, that you have the right to live in freedom, and you have the right to live your life in freedom, pursue life, liberty, your version of happiness, other rights spelled out in the Bill of Rights, that was what they were trying to say. We are turning the world on fire. We are not, as the colonists here in what became the United States of America, just overthrowing King George over tax rates. I mean, they didn't like taxation. They didn't like how they were um, treated by the king. They didn't like he was ignoring things. They didn't like him uh, overseeing their lives. But their revolution against King George in the, in the, um, in the Revolutionary War was much bigger than just a question of can we, um, you know, somehow free ourselves from him, make our own rules and our own monarchy. It was the concept that we're going to create a country dedicated to the God-given rights of individuals and government exists as a means of protecting those rights. Government's almost an afterthought of the primary idea that they have, which was man and women, all of us have the right to live in freedom, have God-given rights to live in freedom. And so Samuel Adams, I was trying to pull up that quote quickly enough, um, and I, I didn't find it before we, but Samuel Adams, uh, back at, at, I don't know if it was what, when exactly it was, but very shortly after, no, I do know, it was very shortly after, days after the declaration was signed, that he wrote a letter to his wife saying, you know what? 
I think this holiday, this annual celebration of the Declaration of Independence should be celebrated by, and there he's talking very much like what we do now on July 4th. We have fireworks, we have celebrations, we have, we have festivities. He wrote this really great quote uh, and, and sent it in a letter to his wife just saying, we should celebrate this idea. He didn't even know at the time how things were going to come out. He didn't even know how everything was going to work out, but he did know that what they did when they signed off on the Declaration of Independence, they signed the idea that we in America, we the colonists, we the former British subjects, soon to be our own country, we believe in the right of individuals to live in freedom, and we believe we can create a society around that. It was an extraordinary moment in history, an extraordinary uh, you know, landmark um, you know, just, um, you know, a sea change in the way that countries thought about what government is and who individuals are, what the right of, the, of individuals is. And I say all that to say this is why July 4th is such an important holiday to celebrate. I love fireworks. I, I am like a small child at the level of how much I love fireworks. I love them. I, I could sit and watch for hours. But the deeper celebration is the recognition that we in our country have the right to live in freedom. And within this big world of billions of people, I don't think there are very many people around the world who wouldn't want, who would not want to have the opportunity to celebrate that their country is dedicated to the rights of individuals to live in freedom too. There isn't a country like this. I'm not saying the rest of the world is enslaved. Countries have various degrees of freedom. They have, some of them have something akin to a Bill of Rights. Many do not have that. They still have some ruled by, uh, you know, Islamic terrorists uh, posing as mullahs and imams. You, have, you literally have countries around the world where there's almost no freedom. But in America, this is what we're celebrating. So it's especially interesting that there was a political party, Pima County uh, Democrats, put out a statement announcing their planned celebration of July 4th, and the theme they gave it, I won't say the word on air, but the theme they gave it, spelled out, was F America. That's what the Pima County Democrats wrote as the theme for their celebration because they're mad about Roe versus Wade being overturned. You know, and I don't recall anything like that at the time when Roe versus Wade was passed in terms of the, the role reversal thing. You know, this is not how conservatives who love America and love the freedoms of America, the idea of America, ever think or write. But this is the uh, level of outrage that's been generated. And so you have, this is, and, and there was actually a statement later by the Democrat Party of Pima County saying, well, we might not have chosen that exact language, but we sure, you know, well, we, we understand, we're with them, we're mad too. Anyway, I'm saying all this to say, and wrapping up the first five, July 4th weekend, Independence Day, is a huge, huge, consequential, monumentally consequential holiday if it's celebrated in the way it really should be, which is remembering how unique America is and extraordinary it is, and how very, very much freedom in America is under siege from within, from within the American left in our country today. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I called this segment, uh, Marxist Hate America, the Stephen Miller tweets. Uh, there's a guy, Stephen Miller, uh, worked in the Trump White House. You know, he's now with, I actually meant to look it up. I think he's with um, Conservative Policy Institute. But anyway, he's with one of those conservative think tanks in Washington. And he had a series of tweets. And I, why I wanted to show them is, and I don't know him, and um, I'm using the word Marxist in describing what he is He's describing what the left is doing to America as we sit here, uh, as we roll through the Biden administration. 
He's just describing what the left is doing. I'm calling with the left the Marxists. That's my title, calling them the Marxists. But they really do. You have to understand, Marxists hate the idea of America, the beautiful, extraordinary, tremendous idea we were just talking about in the first five. Marxists hate that because Marxism is all about controlling you and every single aspect of your life. So Stephen Miller put these tweets out. I want to have, yeah, ask, there you go. That's tweet number one first. Uh, so uh, see, this is Stephen Miller. Biden's, and we're going to talk about the liberal world order in a moment, but Biden's liberal world order is a war on the working and middle class, domestic drilling bans to explode energy costs, run printing presses to inflate the dollar, open borders to drain and erode family income, resources, and stability, open jails to loose predators upon the community. Don't move off that one yet. That is just the first of three tweets. He had a, a, an intentionally sequenced set of tweets. Um, this is Stephen Miller again. And what he's saying, what he's doing there is describing what the left and when I say the left, what the Biden administration is doing to America. The Biden administration as we've talked about in the show many times, and you wonder why that 100-year-old veteran could be just sobbing at the idea of what's happened to America, because that guy is smarter than most millennials you'll ever talk to, or certainly most leftists who would vote for the Biden administration. That 100-year-old veteran, he's recognizing the same thing Stephen Miller's reporting, which is the policies coming out of this administration are intentionally designed to take down America, to harm America, to, to hit a lethal blow against America. America. This is what the left is doing to America, and this is why um, there is so much upset and outrage. So Stephen Miller, first set of tweets he's talking about is his first of three tweets um, talking about the liberal world order, which is language out of one of Biden uh, team administration's um, officials recently explaining why they really don't actually care at all. They don't care at all that the average American cannot afford gasoline at $5 a gallon. They had like, there was over the weekend uh, reporting a third of Americans had to change their July 4th plans because they can't afford to drive where they wanted to go. This is real, real impact on people's freedom. So you have the Biden team uh, doing all the things listed in that first tweet. And when they're asked about it, even by friendly CNN media, their answer is so. We don't care. If, we don't care if the people can't can't drive. We don't. We don't care if we're causing suffering. Understand, the left is setting has set up to take down to destroy the fabric of freedom, the concepts, the Declaration of Independence spelled out, the Constitution enshrined. That those are the targets of the left. Next tweet by Stephen Miller, goes on to report the current state of things in America. Um, destroy the nuclear family, discourage childbirth, promote abortionist family planning. Replace religion with regime ideology, put government between parents and children, use schools and corporations to instill woke propaganda, sow gender confusion, teach hatred of self, family, faith, and nation. Okay, this is an extraordinary one. And every word he's saying there is, this is exactly what the Biden administration is doing. You can say, well, this isn't Joe Biden personally doing all these things. No, actually, but it is the Biden administration and the entire Marxist ideology that has overwhelmed the American left. Biden isn't in charge of America anyway. It's being run more or less by Obama and the other uh, leftists, extreme leftists who uh, never wanted to leave power anyway uh, when, they're, when they're, um, they were term limited out. So you have Biden doing whatever they say, spewing whatever they tell him to say. He has no idea what's going on. I'm very sorry. I'm not mocking someone who has dementia. I'm sorry he has dementia, but he has no business being the commander in chief and the leader of the free world. He's not the commander in chief and leader of the free world. Obama and whoever else is pulling Obama's strings, Obama's working with probably George Soros, Susan Rice, and others of that radical leftist Marxist ilk. 
said the leftists, taken, the Marxists have taken over the Democrat Party, they're running a show, and every policy that Stephen Miller is spelling out here is either directly flowing from something Biden has done or flowing from the ideology coming out and the, and the ranks of people who filled the bureaucracies in Washington who believe in these ideas also. And again, I'm going to do one last tweet by Stephen Miller, but the reason I'm going through these today is when you have your friends say, well, you know, things really aren't that bad. I mean, you know, you got Democrats, get Republicans. Republicans are just griping because the Democrats happened to win. Uh, number one, they didn't win in, in 2020. But in addition to that, what you're watching the left do to this country is utterly inconsistent with any concept. It has no parallel, no similarity to what was intended by the founding of this country, the most profound idea ever in human history, that people have the right to live in freedom, and the left is working as hard as they can to make sure they have no right to live in freedom. So third Stephen Miller tweet was in his set, he put them as a set, erase distinctions of biological sex and force doctors to elevate ideology over science. Police speech, punish dissent, jail dissenters, racial discrimination and stereotyping to divide, demean the populace, transfer wealth from workers to Wall Street via outsourcing globalist wars. I mean, Stephen Miller, I honestly, I only started following him on Twitter this morning. Um, his uh, Twitter handle is at S-T-E-P-H-E-N, then capital M, Stephen Miller, cannot urge you strongly to follow that guy and recognize he did a beautiful job. I mean, you could add more and more items to what the left is doing. He did a beautiful job in capturing what the left is doing to America and why this precious 100-year-old veteran is sobbing on the camera trying to say to America, Everything we fought for, everything we, the blood that was shed, the suffering that happened by our military, by our precious soldiers in past wars, decades and centuries back, is all being flushed down the drain in this Biden era. And frankly, it was under Obama also. Obama had to work more slowly, but, but clearly effectively. Uh, Trump got in the way for four years and, and tried to stop the, you know, the socialist train from going over the cliff. Uh, but then you had, you know, Biden gets in through uh, theft of an election, and we're now watching this, this takeover of America. And I want to ask you, go through those Stephen Miller tweets. Ask yourself, ask your liberal friends who love Biden, what, if any of these things that he's doing, which of them are good for America? I mean, literally, families can't buy gasoline, and all the left, and you have Biden quoted at, um, I don't know where he was, World Economic Forum or someplace, just saying, yeah, the, the gas prices will stay high. We're going to talk more about the gas prices a little later in the show, but gas prices will stay high until, until Russia, you know, withdraws from Ukraine. I mean, just the idiotic nature. Russia is not driving up the gas prices. Russia is not driving the food shortage. Russia is not hurting America the Biden administration is hurting America intentionally. And the Biden people think that the American people are so foolish and so gullible and so vulnerable that if you just tell them, oh, it's all Putin's fault and, that, and it's that evil Russia, people go, oh, well, okay, well, I guess we just better blame that dang Putin. We don't like him anymore. Instead of recognizing your country's being taken over from within by the people now running it who didn't win the election and who are hell-bent on destroying everything about America, America's robust economy, our freedom, our, our sense of self-worth, and our sense of self-reliance, our ability to take care of ourselves, everything about America, our, our border, our identity as a national country with sovereignty, the border's gone. I mean, 
we're watching the collapse of America, and I'm, I am losing patience with people who still want to attribute to Biden, well, he means well, he just has different policies. No, to the extent he's thinking at all, he doesn't mean well. He means to do exactly what Obama tried, started to do and intended to do, which is the takedown of America. These Stephen Miller tweets are really rich. I'm going to probably go over them other days in the show, too, but urge you to read them and recognize in the fight to stand up for America, if you want to be one of the patriots of today, like the patriots we had to have back at the time of the Revolutionary War, all those famous names of people who stood up and spoke up, standing up against the parade of lies spewing out of the Washington, Washington D.C., the Biden administration, the entire mainstream media, it's a, it's a vital step of, of, of patriotism and of activism to just correct the lies of the left. Okay, so I want to hit... Um, uh, this story, election rigging and rolling, uh, election rigging rolling along. And, you know, I mentioned to you um, that there was a, we had on our show, on my Thursday show, which is a special, we have an in-studio audience, we have a great guest every week. So we had Tina Peters here and Sharona Bishop, both wonderful patriots, like three weeks ago, I think maybe this coming Thursday, maybe three weeks ago. And, um, and she, Tina Peters, is running for Secretary of State um, in Colorado. Um, and she is. She was formerly the Mesa County Clerk, and the uh, primary happened. And even though she was polling, I mean, not the kind of polling some candidates do when they're at a rally for people who already like them, and they say, "Oh, 99% support." This is actual serious polling. She was polling at 47% against two other people who were in the race and are basically the the one is clearly a plant, a Democrat plant, one who won, and the other one was a complete unknown who got more votes than she did. So naturally, and fortunately for us, and fortunately for us, uh, several people got involved in looking at the data and trying to track what in the world, how could this have happened? How could Tina Peters come in third? And I'm going to say before I get to, I'm going to pull this data up in just one moment. Um, but I want to mention, uh, for those of you listening on, on radio, first of all, very, very grateful that Brady on Radio carries this show. Thank you very much for carrying the show. If you're listening on radio, you're listening to Debbie Georgiatis. My show is America Can We Talk, and the website is americacanwetalk.org. At the bottom of the hour, wherever you are, 30 minutes past the hour, you will go off to a three-minute break. Do not go away. Come right back. We're going to be right here rocking and rolling for a whole other half an hour. So don't go away. Love, love, love having you listen on Brightian Radio or however you're listening to this show. And however you're listening, I urge you to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. americacanwetalk.org. And on that website, you can watch the show live yourself. You can, um, you can uh, see our past shows. All past shows are chronicled and organized, past interviews, past blog posts, past why it matters. Everything is there on the website. It's kind of our hub. So I really, truly urge you to go there to try to listen to this show um, if you can. Um, and, and, and again, on radio, I thank you so very much for listening uh, to America Can We Talk? And, and after the break, come back. So I want to quick tell you, though, folks, uh, before you even go off to break, I'll tell you that one person who's been a, just a rock star in exposing election uh, fraud proof, not just speculation, accusation, proof, data proof, is a woman named Lady Draza. She goes by Lady Draza. And I sent uh, Joe, my happy uh, producer for today, I hope I sent him one um, little, uh, yeah, okay, this is um, clip five uh, I sent to Joe. And this is the data she comes, can I, I'm going to leave it up there for a second because I want to make sure you, you can know what you're looking at. Um, it is kind of an, a, um, uh, 
I will tell you, I'm not a mathematical person. So this morning I was talking to my husband and he goes, look at this, you know? So um, I, I want to take a minute to explain to you why this is so um, compelling, why, why it's overwhelming. Um, because if you're not mathematically minded and you're not super great at looking at charts and flow charts and, and graphs, you know, you might look at it and say, well, I, I don't, what does that mean? So I want to dig in and tell you what it means. So number one, these uh, different colored lines are showing you the vote tallies. Uh, and and the, along on the bottom, they're showing you the timestamp, like when these, uh, they weren't just when the votes came in, but when they were reported, the reporting interval, when the reports are being made online. And then on, across the uh, top to bottom on the left, uh, she's ranking, um, she's telling you the number of votes these people got. Uh, and so she's, she happens to be looking at the uh, Senate and governor races, but what she did, which was so brilliant, is the, the uh, green line, say the green line is um, Tina Peters, who ran for Secretary of State. Uh, the purple line is, uh, is Gahani, who ran for governor, and the red or kind of orangish red line is Hanks, the Senate votes. The point she's making in with this data is that the... Uh, if you look, like starting at the left, you look at the timestamp. This is a, so apparently at 4.48, they announced some, some uh, election outcome data. If you watch the, the trend of the green line that's on top, the purple line next, the orange or red line at the bottom, what you can see is an almost parallel, almost completely parallel vote turnout reported. And as I said, across the bottom is saying, it's telling what time, 4.48. And then I, I can't read all the things, but anyway, it's telling you the timestamp. So as time went on, as they're reporting primary results in Colorado, these are the numbers that are coming out. And she's charting them on a graph. And she's making the point, and let me just back up and say what you should see. What you should see is, as you know, in every country in the in you know in every state in the country around the world, there are pockets of conservative voters. There are pockets of liberal voters. I mean, they they don't have America is not have the number of Democrat and Republican voters you know directly you know, in the same proportions in every single city, county, or town. You know, some are conservative areas, and I work with candidates. Everyone knows you know what areas are the conservative ones, what areas are liberal ones. And so what you would expect if that were accurate data is as time goes on, and so some precinct or some county reports that you would have a spike up because, oh, look, this really liberal county reported their outcome, their, their primary votes, and so the numbers spike up. But then you see, oh, but then this conservative county did, and so the numbers go back down. What you would expect in a real election, a genuine election, is that these these numbers that are traced as, as they're reported would reflect, would, would jog somewhat. I mean, they would go up and down based on who's, what precinct just came in, what voters just came in. And so that's what you would expect to see. What she's pointing out, if you can put that back up then on Mr. Joe, um, what she's pointing out is that the, between all, among all of these voters, the, uh, these three different candidates, the I mean, the little blip, like almost right in the middle of the uh, of the screen, the little blip, it goes to the right, and then it jogs up. They're almost parallel lines. When something goes up, everyone goes up. Something goes down, everyone goes down. I mean, she's pointing out, and she says, I mean, what her, uh, to make the point, she's making the same point that Dr. Douglas Frank has made in my show, Seth Keschel has made in my show. 
Dr. Douglas Frank was just on two weeks ago, I think, uh, pointing out how, you know, and, and he has charts like this from around the country showing that the data that comes out of the report as the election night outcome or primary night outcome, that, and it's the same is true of the people who are, uh, who are uh, first of all, welcome back to our radio listeners. Thank you so much for coming back. The people who are reported as having registered to vote and how those numbers jog up and down, there shouldn't be the parallel lines you see, as you see here in this chart that's on the screen or in the charts that Dr. Frank talked about, because the, the organic or the natural way that these numbers would come in would mean you'd have things jog, jog up and jog down, you know, based on which counties reported. But I heard what her data is getting to us our reported election outcomes are driven by an algorithm, an algorithm, a manipulated formula, a manipulated formula that just simply can ascribe votes to certain people regardless of how the people really voted. I will go on record and tell you here, I feel, I am very confident, I can't know with 100% certainty, but I'm very confident Tina Peters won her election and yet the way they counted votes and reported votes, sorry, she's not there. I want to go ahead and put that chart back up one more time, because one thing she's saying, this is Lady Draza's um, tweet, what she's saying is, and isn't this cool, I can predict how many votes Tina Peters had at almost any time in the race by taking the votes that um, Ganahl had and dividing them by, yes, two. So she's making the point that Tina Peters numbers parallel because it's an algorithm, not real votes. She can predict with the outcome of Tina Peters' race by looking at somebody else's race, Ganahl, who ran for governor. And so almost exactly half the people that voted for Ganahl voted for Peters over time. And she calls Colorado voters, she said, they're amazing, like synchronized swimmers. I, I'm not going to belabor this any longer just to say that there's mountains of evidence like this. You can come back to me now. This is on Telegram. If you can follow Lady Draza, follow... follow um, Dr. Douglas Frank and others, they're all showing that even despite the enormous outcry over election fraud in 2020, as we're plowing into 2022 and looking at these early primaries, algorithms are still at work manipulating data, which means, in plain English, cheating, lying, stealing votes. I want to mention, I, I call this segment, um, I think I called it election rigging rolling along. So they're happily, at least in Colorado, rolling along and other states doing similar things you know, with this algorithm-driven fake data reported as the real outcome, but there's a whole other aspect that I want to mention to you, and I actually uh, did not know much about this until I read this great article on The Federalist, uh, which is a great website, thefederalist.com. I think the uh, person now, this woman I'm going to mention in a moment, I think she's editor-in-chief or something, but anyway, um, she is a brilliant, brilliant writer at The Federalist, Molly Hemingway, um, and she's a, just a great researcher. And she called her article, and again, every article I ever mentioned on my show, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you can find the articles I'm speaking from, so you can read them yourself. But Molly Hemingway, brilliant writer, she has an article called, Yes, Biden is Hiding His Plan to Rig the 2022 Midterm Elections. Let me explain to you what she's, she's talking about. It's mind-blowing. What I'm getting at is, 
Right. I talked about how, you know, Stephen Miller tweets out a list of things the left is doing, and, and you're just, I, I mean, every one of them is harmful to America. Every one of them is harmful to uh, the whole concept of a free country with rights from God and the notion we live in freedom, and, and families want to be the parents of their children. They don't want to have the schools and the society interfering with their, with their raising their children. I mean, everything he spells out is happening. We are watching a Marxist takeover of America, as I've been saying on my show. Another aspect of this is that this extremely strident Biden administration has absolutely no willingness, no plan to allow the American people to actually choose their leaders as our system contemplates. They have absolutely no commitment to, no interest in allowing the American people to have a free and fair election in 2022 or 2024, which is why I get extremely tired of even Republican officials, certainly Democrats who want to keep saying, there was no fraud, what are you talking about? But even Republican candidates and elected officials, some of whom are good friends of mine, will say, well, you know, don't worry. Things are bad right now, and Biden's doing terrible things, and he's a bad on the border. He's doing terrible things, and inflation is terrible. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get him back in 2022. On what possible basis do you think we can get the elections in 2022 to be free and fair if we're not fixing anything? And nothing or very little that the state legislatures did to try to tighten up things with respect to election fraud will actually have an impact, will actually stop the cheating in, in the fall elections. We didn't do the things we had to do. We did some things, kind of band-aids, little fixes, but we didn't do anything about electronic election fraud. The algorithm manipulation that Lady Draza just demonstrated in the chart I showed you is one aspect. The mail-in ballots have not been outlawed in every state. And in the left, is cooking up the next COVID or some similar emergency. But the other thing that happened uh, that I want to share with you, Molly Hemingway point, is really, really, it's just, uh, she, she's a brilliant researcher, very dedicated, very even-keeled. Uh, and she's also a great writer and author. Anyway. She uh, wrote about an executive order uh, that President Biden issued, um, and this was in March of 2021. So we're now talking, you know, well over a year ago, March of 2021, Biden's been in office a few months. He issued an executive order ordering, you have to listen to this, this is executive order uh, 141, excuse me, 14019, next executive order that said all 600 federal agencies were ordered by him to expand citizens' opportunities to register to vote and to obtain information to participate in the electoral process. So, so these agencies who actually have, you know, authorizing legislation from Washington with a very strict description, you know, what the Department of Labor does, what the Department of Commerce does, Biden's order is saying, he gave them 100 days, by the way, so I, I counted out, you know, 200 days. He gave them all 200 days to write up what they're going to do with your tax dollars to, as he calls it, expand citizens' opportunities to register to vote. So the 200 days were up September 23rd, 2021, and the person he put in, in charge of this massive, this is a voter fraud enablement project. It's a voter fraud enablement project. It is a project to fill the voter rolls with yet more names of people who didn't, don't even care enough to register to vote, who don't vote, fill the register with more and more people. And these are, to go back to what Douglas Frank, Dr. Douglas Frank has explained on my show many times, the way that even the stealing, the theft that we saw in the 2000 Mules film, that kind of theft where they had mail-in ballots being, you know, flung around the country and turned in the dark of the night 
and you had uh, what the, the Biden administration just, um, you know, the, excuse me, the algorithms pointing out that they're just the, the votes you cast are not tied to the reports of the votes you receive later in the day. What the Biden administration is doing is enabling a massive uptick in the number of people registered to vote, which is at the hands of or at the behest of the agencies that he's ordered to come up with their plans. And so I will just tell you as, as little examples. So uh, number one, you know, this is we have we pay tax dollars to have a Department of Labor to help with labor related issues. And they're supposed to focus on labor related issues. And that's just one example. But all these 600 federal agencies are now using the tax dollars we pay that are, that, are, that are assigned to them from Congress for their spending to enable the vote fraud the, the left is planning for 2022 and beyond, to fill the voter rolls of people who, whose name, who vote because you might dangle a privilege in front of them, a benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah, register. You, you're going to get this or that. So here's where they are. Department of Labor. We are in a labor crisis in this country. We, people aren't working. The Department of Labor boasted it was turning its 2,300, 2,300 American job centers, previously focusing on helping displaced workers find new jobs into hubs of political activism where they're going to bring organizations in to conduct voter outreach. Before I forget to tell you who Biden put in charge of this big project, this whole, all these agencies turning in their ideas, no one less than Susan Rice, the corrupt Susan Rice, the Obama ally Susan Rice, now in charge of this big project. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services likewise announced plans to turn community health centers, community health centers into voter registration agencies. The Housing and Urban Development Department sent a notice to all public housing authorities that they should begin voter registration drives and participation activities. And again, people go into these places because they are seeking federal funding to get help on housing. So you go into the Democrat-run HUD and you say, I'm here because I need housing, I'm desperate. And they say, oh, you registered to vote? Why don't you vote? Who do you think these people are either going to vote for because they, they connect them to, you know, oh, the people give me free housing, or maybe even feel a little tiny bit coerced, arm-twisted, or, or guilted into voting for the Democrats? Because after all, they're the ones who got me free housing. It goes on and on. The Department of Education sent a dear colleague letter to universities telling them that federal work-study funds can now be used to support voter registration activities. I could spend the rest of the show reading all these agencies turned in. I'm getting at the point, the Biden administration, the Marxist left now running this country, they are not in the slightest intimidated by the fact that more and more Americans are awake to voter fraud. They are on a taxpayer-funded effort to use federal agencies that actually have real responsibility. Maybe some of them don't even need to exist. I don't know. Department of Education would be a good choice to get rid of. But these agencies are not going to be using these, as response to Biden's executive order, using the dollars that they are supposed to be using on their responsibilities to get voter registered. And you know they're going to get encouraged and they get cajoled and you didn't register enough people. What's wrong with you? Do more, do more, do more. So when I tell you that the, the left hasn't even begun, they haven't even begun to exhaust their efforts to do everything they can possibly do to steal the 2022 elections and the 2024 elections. Tomorrow, we're doing a very fun feature on all of the people vying to run the Democrat side, Republican side, you know, what all that's, but that's a feature for tomorrow. 
But understand that the Republicans taking back control of the Congress and even the Senate in 2022 ought to be a slam dunk, ought to be a cakewalk because the country is in ruins under President Biden. But the left sees this as they, I mean, they saw how popular Donald Trump was. They saw, they saw they couldn't cheat him out of the 2016 election and they made sure it happened in 2020 but they are not going to let a fair election happen if there's anything in the world they can do to stop it. They're not going to do that. And this is one of the efforts. So, and this one, I, th I, I know, by the way, numerous, numerous letters have been communicated from Republicans with authority in the Senate, in the House, uh, saying to Biden, hey, what, what are you doing here? You really aren't supposed to be doing that. They just ignore it. Just not, not going to fuss with it, not going to deal with it. Uh, and that this is kind of their answer to the American people. The Biden administration's answer to the American people. We don't care what you think. We don't care we shouldn't be doing this. We don't care anything you think. You, you aren't allowed to complain. You're so lucky that you are uh, here in America. And so there you go. Okay, the last story has a lot of fun stuff to it. Uh, it is about climate change and gas prices and um, starving people. But I, and that's not a fun thing, of course. But I want to point out, as I've said many times, the Biden administration and the whole American left has found climate change to be a bonanza of opportunity to impose the Marxist control over this world that they always wanted to have. Climate change to the, in the mind of bureaucrats, uh, international officials at the UN and all sorts of other international globalist organizations, in the hands of the NGOs, in the minds of the left, climate change is a vehicle. It's not a science, it's a vehicle to get control, to get the Marxist control over America they always wanted to have. And once they spew out the fearful terms climate change, many, many people are saying, well, I don't know. I mean, they, they said, you know, we all might die by, I mean, it was supposed to be 2000, many, many, many times. I've gone over these in past shows. Many times over the last four decades, you've had climate alarmists telling us we're either all going to freeze to death or we're going to roast to death or we're going to drown or the oceans. And none of it ever happens. None of their extreme predictions ever happen, and nothing, they, and no one ever holds them accountable. No one ever says, well, that never happened, and that's not true. No one ever says it. They just, they just get to keep on lying to you. Um, by the way, I'll quickly go off again for our radio listeners. You're going to go off uh, in about 10 minutes from right now. You, you uh, go for the last three minutes for station identification and ads. So again, before you uh, get, before I get too close and I forget to tell you, I love having you listen to the show on Brightian Radio. You, and you're, I'm so grateful to them for carrying the show. I urge you to go to my website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. You can listen to the rest of the show, past shows, past interviews, everything's there. Don't miss out. When you go off at 57 minutes before the, uh, after the hour, um, I will talk to you again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Okay, so back to what is occurring on this uh, climate stuff. The last thing I'll say about the climate stuff before I launch into what's, what their, their current manipulation of this uh, just, you know, um, hysteria-creating uh, ideology is that even if we had a great guest on my show months ago, and he's going to um, speak at our summit, actually. Uh, Justin Haskins is with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Justin Haskins, H-A-S-K-N-S. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting back. Justin Isaacs. Jason Isaac. I'm really sorry. I had too many I had climate people on two days. Jason Isaac. TPPF, Jason Isaac. Go back and listen to that interview. One of the points he makes, and it is undisputed by the left, if the countries of this world did every single flaming thing these radical climate alarmists wanted us to do, everything. In 100 years, the temperature of the earth might be reduced 
by 0.001 degrees. You get what I'm saying? It's not, it's not warming. It's not, it's not a panic. It, they have agendas they want, which is Marxist control over the world, and they get there through using climate, and they never held accountable for all the fact that nothing of their hysterical predictions ever comes true, and that nothing they're proposing could really fix whatever change is being made to our climate because of the uh, activity of humans who actually also have the right to live on Earth. So, on climate change, I want to just tell you something that's happening. It's really interesting. So, among the many, many, many ways that the climate change alarmists have been functioning in America is through this Green New Deal thing. I mean, the Green New Deal, they didn't get it passed through Congress, but they're putting it through piecemeal, 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 different pieces of legislation, and of course, Biden's pushing it. So in the Netherlands, Dutch farmers engaged or have started a protest, and they are protesting because of the extreme, extreme crazy uh, coming out of the government that is really impacting their capacity to farm, impacting their capacity to actually have uh, use farming, to engage in farming, to, uh, you know, to grow crops, to, to, I mean, they have, they've had orders to uh, kill cattle, orders to, I mean, just, just the government through the, under the guise of climate change has been so harming farmers that now they're in protest mode. So they're having protests starting with tractor backup. So I'm going to just run through three quick ones. This one is clip one, Mr. Joe. Okay, and then actually, I'm quick looking at my little list here. Uh, so that was clip one. What's happening is the farmers are driving their tractors and they're blocking roads. They're blocking roads. They're blocking highways from other countries. They're cutting off media, cutting off food distribution centers, fuel. Even the fishermen have started to block the ports with their boats. The Netherlands, Netherlands is in a complete uh, standstill because the citizens are finally saying enough with this lunatic you know, Green New Deal type of activity. So this is now, if you would play the same article, the next one, that article, if you would, Joe. Dumping stuff in the streets. I think it might be manure. They're blocking the um, ports. I think this one has the ports. The next one has ports. Um, yeah, so they're blocking the ports. This is the people. You see, everyone says, well, how do we fight back? What do we do about these people, these, this crazy Green New Deal stuff? This is what they're, they're resorting to in the Netherlands. We're not going to keep putting up with this. We're not going to just comply. So there's one more, um, I think, yeah, from the same article. Um, the Dutch police are now dragging people out of their uh, tractors. Uh, so just one quick clip about that. Okay, and then why I wanted to play those is because people get really, really concerned about, about the, the left is on a rampage of the Green New Deal. They're on a rampage of just literally trying to control every aspect of American life. You know, we have a food shortage coming, completely unnecessary food shortage. We have farmers who are, we had, we, we, I think we briefly talked about a couple weeks ago, we had, you know, thousands of heads of cattle uh, all of a sudden dropping dead. And there were many people saying, and the, the government was trying to say, oh, it's just extreme heat. And the farmers were saying, it wasn't that hot. It's been a lot hotter. I mean, very suspicious things happen. We have the uh, food processing plants burning down. I went through a long list of those recently. 
We have the government. This is now we're at a phase of America. This is the, the anti-American left, the Marxist left in this country versus the people. That's the two sides. It's not R versus D, conservative versus liberal. It's the government against the people. And so in the Netherlands, and climate change is a major, major vehicle that the leftists can use, Marxists can use, to simply clobber out of you your, your enjoyment, your desire for freedom is clobbered out of you. You're going to just shut up and comply. And Netherlands are now, they literally have empty uh, shelves in the grocery stores. They can't get food. And the farmers are basically saying, this Green New Deal, whatever their term for it is, and their their um legislation. We're not doing this. We're not complying anymore. Um, and the government wants the military to intervene and stop the farmers' blockades. But so far, the Dutch people, the Dutch people overwhelmingly support the farmers. This is somewhat akin to the Canadian truckers who were standing up against Canada's tyranny related to COVID vaccinations. This is the people saying this whole new world order attitude, this whole international governance and control over us, we're not putting up with it. This is like the truckers did in Canada related to COVID vaccines. Dutch farmers are saying, and now the ship owners in the harbors, not complying. You're going to, ban to back down. They're not just standing up against their own individual government, the government of their country. It's a larger effort. It's a larger message to this new world order uh, cabal, which Biden happily, he's, I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's there. He thinks he's part of it. But the whole elitist Marxist rulers of our country are very much in cahoots, in line with, and very happy about being connected with the, the new world order types, the whole Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, you know, all of these people who think the end goal is they're going to control America and they're going to control the world and they're going to control everything. And the reason these people hate America so much uh, is because America is rooted in the freedom we talked about in the very first segment. America was founded rooted in freedom. And we're watching this, this uh, international cabal of leftist Marxists thinking they can take down America and bring us all along with this Marx, the, the Marxist agenda. And I mean, God bless those people in the Dutch farmers, uh, the people in the harbors there. They're just saying, no, I don't think so. Okay, I want to tell you, to attach this to Biden. So there was a video. This is clip three, Mr. Joe. Uh, this guy, I'll let you all play the clip first. He's out, uh, actually, his name is Brian Deese. D-E-S-E. He had an interview. He thought, he briefly thought, uh, was going to be a friendly interview on CNN, but it went viral. And people said, when the heck is he talking about? Brian Deese is a policy director appointed by Biden and his comments. And he's, um, he's, a, uh, he's the director of the National Economic Council. Um, and and there, the job he has in the Biden administration, the National Economic Council, was established in 1993 to advise the president on U.S. and global economic policy as part of the executive office of the president. Let's hear what Mr. Brian Deese has to say. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Okay, I'm going to, I want, that was a, I don't know, something kind of odd about the sound of that. Be sure you know what he said. So the CNN a anchor, you know, should be a friendly person to the whack job left. 
CNN anchor says, what do you say to families that say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if not years. This isn't sustainable. And, you know, Biden was trying to say back, you know, two weeks ago, well, until Russia, you know, gets out of the Ukraine, I can't, I mean, just, I mean, Biden has taken step after step after step after step after step to attack American energy production to attack American energy production. So this answer of this Deese was, what you heard from the president today is a clear articulation. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. They are telling you this is the let me cake moment, the let me cake moment of the Biden administration. We don't care if the American people can't afford to go to work, can't afford to get in their cars, can't afford to go visit grandma this summer. We don't care. They are so committed to this new world order mindset, which is all wrapped up in climate change as a weapon of ideology to bring the control they always want to have. They are so wrapped up in it. And I honestly think Deese was kind of blown away to realize his video went viral. And people said, what do you mean the new liberal order? I mean, there really are, thankfully, people in America, there really are still a fair number of Americans who voted for Biden because they didn't like Mr. Mean Tweets or something. But they are realizing the left in this country is no different than the radical left around the world, very dedicated to the new world order mindset, very dedicated to globalism, very dedicated to socialism, and very dedicated to take away the, taking away the freedoms of the people in this country. People are waking up and recognizing how crazed the American left is, the anti-American left, and they don't like it which is why the left is gearing up now to be sure they can have some control over the fall elections because I think they're fairly clear, the Biden team is fairly clear, if elections go as, and you actually had fair elections where people got to choose, uh, you would have a Republican, uh, you know, not just a wave, a bloodbath. I mean, I mean, the Democrats would be swept out across this country and the, and the, Dem the Democrats know that's coming. The Democrats know they'll be swept out. They know people, maybe they don't like Mr. Mean Tweets, but they don't like Biden destroying this country. And now the left is in high gear trying to figure out how to stop that. Uh, I'm out of time in this show. I'm going to quickly go my why, to my why it matters. But I want to mention to you um, that tomorrow, I mentioned we're going to talk about tomorrow, the presidential uh, lay of the land. There's also a mountain of news I've been wanting to share with you about COVID and vaccination policy and, and what the uh, government is doing, what Pfizer is doing. I'm out of time to do that, but tomorrow will be a really another fact-filled uh, and just great show. And on Thursday, uh, I want to tell you, we have a wonderful guest joining us in studio in Dallas named Lauren Davis. She is a candidate in Dallas. And you might think, well, what do I care about a Dallas candidate? You might think that. You'd be wrong. She is a, a young woman, no absolutely no political ambitions at all in her life two years ago, ever. I mean, wasn't even thinking about politics. But she spoke up and spoke up against the ridiculous tyranny uh, at her kids' public elementary school related to masks. And she has now won a primary against an establishment guy and, and by a landslide. And she's running for the office. Here in Texas, it's called the uh, Commissioner's Court is our county government uh, over the county. And county judge is the name of the person. It's like the mayor of the county is, is what, what the job is she's running for. But she is the epitome. She is the, an example of the kind of leadership we need to see of citizens in this country standing up standing up and saying, I'm going to fight, like the Dutch farmers, like the Canadian truckers, like the parents at the school board meetings, which you're going to hear, this is a MAGA agenda lady. She doesn't even say that. I'm saying it. But this is the woman saying, the only way we take back our country 
is, you know, focus on what you can do, what you care about, what you know about, focus and drive for it and go for it and stand up for your country. This is what she, Lauren Davis, is doing, and she's a great guest. She'll be joining us Thursday, um, and so I urge you to tune in Thursday. And tomorrow, as I say, we got a bunch of great topics, too. But for now, I'm sadly out of time. So I want to share with you, as I do at the close of every show, why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started talking about Independence Day 2022, which is, by the way, it's pretty much my favorite holiday. I love uh, July 4th. Wise Veteran Speaks Truth. A 100-year-old Marine Corps veteran, veteran short video goes viral on Independence Day weekend. A patriot in tears of what's happening to the country he fought for and others died for. A palpable, stirring, emotional impact on anyone who watches it. He's not, it's not an intellectual discourse, not a historical argument. It's a heartfelt sadness that resonates at the gut level with millions of Americans. The left wants Americans to believe that this 100-year-old veteran is now a relic of a bygone era, that his feelings are held by a minority of Americans. The left is dead wrong. The spirit of America lives in him and in millions, a large majority, the le- a, a large majority, the left's war in America is not over, and it won't be won overnight. Patriots must stay in the fight. We can get our country back. Marxists hate America. The Stephen Miller tweets: Former senior Trump advisor Stephen Miller is one of the top intellects of the MAGA movement. Miller's July one Twitter thread is worth reading in its entirety. The litany of Biden administration actions are transparently intended to destroy America. There is no other explanation. Exploding energy costs, inflating the dollar, opening the borders, opening jails, destroying nuclear family, replacing religion with secular ideology at best, indoctrinating public school students, policing speech, punishing dissenters, stoking racial division, funding global wars. What part of this agenda did the American people vote for? Miller's tweets are yet another stellar wake-up call. Spread them around. On election rigging rolling along, emerging from Colorado primary election demonstrates obvious election rigging. Graph showing actual vote tallies over actual time intervals shows a pattern not remotely possible in real life, i.e. only possible through the use of voting machine programming algorithm. Uh, Molly Hemingway chronicled Biden's federal government effort to pump up the registered voter rolls. Disguised as encouraging voting, the real purpose is to inflate voter rolls, which is step one to enable election rigging. Gavin Newsom, I didn't even get this, Gavin Newsom ran a campaign in Florida. I'll come to that tomorrow. It's a very entertaining thing. Gavin Newsom tried to do... Make an effort. I mean, it is laughable on July 4th to convince Florida voters that things are better in California, so they ought to move there. I'll get to uh, Gavin Newsom tomorrow. Okay. And truth about climate, gas prices, and starving people. Head of Biden's National Economic Council cites need to stand firm for the liberal world order. His words, gas prices must remain high to transition away from fossil fuels to fight climate change. If people, especially in undeveloped countries, die of starvation, too bad. Because fossil fuels, to understand, enabled us to distribute food around the world to the poor. The existence of fossil fuels made that possible. Biden scolding oil companies and gas stations as if they're the cause of high prices. Netherlands farmers in massive protests against climate change policies that will drive many out of business. Steve Moore, I also get to this, I have to wait for tomorrow. Steve Moore points out Green New Deal adds to greenhouse gases. It was a great article featuring that guy Schellenberger, who used to be, he was one of the founders of one of the, you know, crazy leftist climate organizations, and he's now uh, speaking the truth. This guy Schellenberger, Steve Moore is pointing it out. Biden's policies are worse 
in creating greenhouse gases than that of the previous administration, and, and, the, and its palpable, measurable results. Climate change alarmism has always been a political tool for wealth redistribution and destruction reset of America's free market system. It has never been about science, always, always about achieving totalitarian control of the people. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can you hear America Can We Talk? Truth about America. Can you